Well, good evening. It is 7 o'clock, so we're going to get started and just see how it goes tonight. Um, just a couple reminders. Um, usually I have Fridays off, but now that my girls are doing classical conversations, I'm required to be there. So my day off is going to be Thursday, and I'll be in the office on Friday. So if you need me, <laughs> I'll be here. But this last week, and maybe a little bit next week because of Stacy's surgery, I've been helping her around the house. So if you need me, Christy will tell me call me, text me, whatever you can. A um, couple other reminders too. Um, at the beginning of the month, we have our baptismal service. So if you know anybody wants to get water baptized, we have quite a few that are on there now. And uh, I have a praise report. So Hartley on Sunday, um, during the communion, gave her life to Jesus. Yeah, they told me after the service. During the communion service, she began to tear up, and it was like it clicked, and she gave her life to Jesus. So now she put her name on the baptismal uh, list. Yeah, give God a praise report for that. So God knows what he's doing, and so that's a praise report. Well, let's uh, let's uh, pray and get ready for worship. And I'm not taking up tithes and offerings on Wednesday, so if you want to, the box is in the back. Yes, Curtis. Yes. That's right. Well, let me come back to you then. Thank you, Julie. Can we have some people gather around him real quick? His son's having back surgery tomorrow. Thank you for bringing that up, Curtis. And it's not just back surgery. It's a, little, it's a lot more critical than that. Uh, we're going to have to have a cardiovascular surgery. Okay. The time. Father God, we just praise you. I'm glad that we you asked me to pray because it also reminded me yesterday another praise report. Uh, John and Shauna Keeney's son, I don't know if you know, was in a, a head-on collision yesterday. And uh, I'd went to the dentist office and I was just, I said, I'm going to go right over to the hospital because it's over there. I didn't know if they were there. I get there, there's the state trooper. I walk up, there's John and Shauna and their son Christian. And so, um, you know, he had a gash in his head. He had a thing on his neck. And they, they were waiting to do a CT scan on him. But while we were there, I began to witness to him. And he rededicated his life to Jesus yesterday. So that's a praise report. So 
Yeah, let's give God a praise offering. And it brought Shauna to tears, and he even told his mom, she just told me a little bit ago that um, she, he said that uh, I could have died yesterday, Mom. And it, it could have. So that's another praise report. All right, would you please stand as we go to the Lord in prayer? Father, we thank you for this evening. Yes, we lift up your name. Yes, the name of Jesus to be praised. Yes. And Father, we, as we focus on you tonight, Lord, speak to each one of our hearts tonight in worship and through the word because you speak to your children. Yes, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. is a shaking, let hearts awaken, our God is moving, forever changing us. There is a trembling, there is revival, the sound of worship, so great and glorious. Holy Spirit, changing us there is a trembling there is revival the sound of worship so great and glorious holy spirit hear us now breathe on us holy fire fall come and fill this place with your presence rushing wind send your spirit here breath of heaven breathe on us breath of heaven breathe on us come breathe on us come breathe on us come breathe on us.
in this house tonight, God. 
Father, we just thank you tonight that you speak into our lives because you care for us. Lord, it says in your word in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Father, we thank you for that word. Lord, I pray that for whoever that is for tonight, that you will strengthen them and encourage them. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated tonight. It's interesting that you said that because uh, um, I had all these scriptures flooding through my mind, and one of them is Joshua 1.9, so would you, we're not going to talk about what we're supposed to tonight. We'll get back into Daniel. I'd rather be obedient to the Lord. So go with me to Joshua chapter, chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. Let's start in verse 1. Joshua chapter 1. And then we're going to pray. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as you've taken a different turn tonight, and those that are here and present, whoever needs to hear this, I pray, Father, that You know, we all need your word, but if there's somebody particular that needed to hear this tonight, I pray, Father, they will get it deep down in their heart. That, Father, that they will take it to heart. They will hold on to it, as it says in the Proverbs, to hold on to your word like a garland. So, Father, I pray that tonight. And I pray that you will give them understanding beyond their years. Help them and give them revelation of what they need from you tonight. And Lord, as your vessel, speak through me what you want to say in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, we're going to preach on something different tonight. And, uh, you know, I, I again, you know me already. I like to be obedient to the Lord. We'll get to Daniel next week. And uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about Daniel is we were going to build the case for the, you know, the typology, pre-tribulation, rapture. And uh, you're going to see some, uh, uh, some correlation next Wednesday between the, the, the image that Nebuchadnezzar set up and is set up in the, Re- the book of Revelation. Um, but we'll probably get to that. I don't know if we'll get that to the, the following Wednesday because next week we're going to be building the case for that. And you're going to look at the different nations that are represented there. Um, and there's so much I wish I could just talk about now, but God has a different message tonight. So 
here in the book of Joshua, these, all these uh, uh, scriptures were flooding through my mind. And even before he began to speak, and it, I love the way the Lord works. And yeah. so you're looking at a, a picture here. Moses has just died. And there's two million people that God is calling up Joshua to, to lead now into the promised land. Uh, you know, when you've been in a, uh, I, and I know this from as a, as when I was an associate pastor, as a children's pastor, a good friend of mine, he's a, a four square pastor. He said, there's nothing like it until you get into that position of leadership. He said, it's easy as, a, as an associate to, to, to make thoughts or decisions because you have that person above you. But once you're in that seat, and I don't know about you, once you've been in that seat of the position of leadership, things change. Yeah. And, and, and intimidation can come and uh, trepidation. And, and so when God is, and, and it's not just even for leadership, it's in your life. When God's leading you into new territory, when God's taking you into a new step, it can be scary. Right. But remember this, God is with you. Hallelujah. Now before we get into this, hold your spot here in Joshua. I want to go somewhere real quick. Um, go with me to John chapter 1, and I'm going to make a point here. John chapter 1. Always be prepared to bring your Bibles, because I may not have it on the overhead. Right? So John chapter 1, verse 1. Look, look what John says about Jesus. Now, he's speaking of Jesus here. He says, in the beginning was the what? Word. Everybody say word. word. Notice it's capitalized there. He's speaking about Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 3, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, go over to the next, uh, go over here to verse 14. <clears throat> John now says this, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, when God spoke the world into existence, he did, I just said it, I just gave the answer. I was going to ask you the question, how did God create things? He spoke, right? <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's great. So how did, God spoke things into existence. He didn't physically do something. The only thing he did was speak. And it says here that in the beginning was the Word. God spoke the Word. Who's the Word? Jesus, Jesus is. And he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Trinity, right? And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now look at verse 3. Through him all things were made. I wished I had the clip up here, and I don't know if I have it. Um, let me see. Let me go through my slides because I actually might have it in my slides tonight. Uh, these are all notes for next week. But uh, why is it not clicking? I guess you got to turn it on. <laughs> I turned it off. I had it on earlier, and I turned it off to save the batteries. So uh, let me go through there. Let me see if I can get that picture. There's a picture up here. It's got the hand. Is the hand on there? Can you see there? Is there a hand in that slide? from space look for that one I think it's in there I think it's in those slides keep going next one keep going is it in this in any of these slides here with the hand in space okay so you can go look it up NASA just took a picture with one of their telescopes of one of the galaxies it's a high resolution telescope that's in space right now 
And in this galaxy is a hand creating stars, and it's got a hole here from a con uh, like a star pattern cluster that's in the shape of a hole in the hand coming down like it's bleeding. And this was taken by NASA. It's a real picture. I, I vetted it. I looked at it. Yeah, it's real. NASA took this. And I'm going, there's Jesus' hand right there creating things, and they don't believe it. And they said it's so many millions of light years away. So I wished I had it up here. I thought I had it in my pictures, but I guess I don't. Maybe it's on the next message. But if you get a chance, go Google it. So Jesus made all things. The Word became flesh. When God created things, he spoke. You know, our words mean a lot. Your words mean a lot. There's life and death in the power of the tongue, is what Proverbs says. So there's power in your tongue. There really is. And so, and we know that because, again, God spoke everything into existence. On the Tower of Babel, what was it that made them one? Their speech. And, and, but it was for evil reasons. So what did God do? He mixed up their languages. There's something about our speech that coincides with God's speech. Something about speaking things. Okay? You go full circle. What happens on the day of Pentecost? They were all in one accord, just like on the, on the Tower of Babel, right? But what did God do? It was speech. Cloven tongues that appeared upon their heads. And they spoke with new tongues. Right? And there were God-fearing Jews from every nation there that heard them speaking in their language. So there's something about the word. Now let's go back to Joshua. I wanted to build a case here. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1 again. So he says in verse 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Stop. God says to Joshua, you're it now. Maybe God's speaking to you tonight. You're it. You're, I, I got new plans for you. I got something different for you. Now, what was on the other side of that Jordan River? It wasn't going to go easy way, or however you say it, you know, easy stroll through the park, an easy way of getting things done. They had battles to be fought. There were enemies on the other side. There were giants, remember? In Numbers, why they couldn't go into the promised land? Because... Uh, 10 out of the 12 spies says we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. They looked at their problem and were afraid and they thought it was bigger than God. No giant's bigger than God. God created the giants anyways, right? Well, there's some debate on that. But anyways, <laughs> but so you look at this. They had battles to be fought so you can understand in verse 3. Look, look at verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. God was making a promise to Joshua that he was going to be with him in this new endeavor, in this new position, in this step of faith. Whatever that step of faith is, did God's maybe you're not taking a step of faith, but you will one day. All of us will. God's always leading us. He's always directing us. That's why it says his sheep follow him, right? That word follow means to come up beside and walk alongside. Think about that for a minute. 
God's leading you, and you're just walking beside. It's like when I was a kid, I'd walk up beside my mom or my dad, right? Get beside them. Go where they go. So he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake. And it's interesting here. They, they have found, how many of you guys looked up the mountain of fire? Anybody look up that? I'm telling you, go look it up. Mount Sinai is in Saudi Arabia. It's Jabalaz. It's all there. But they have found stones in that area and further on where it's cut in the shape of a foot and it's a right foot and it has in Hebrew that scripture where you place your foot is yours they have found these stones everywhere and on that track to go into the promised land in fact there's a whole town and you can't see it unless you take one of those you know drones or helicopter and you go up the whole town is in the shape of a sandal so all of God's uh all of God's promises are yes, and what he says he will do, and he gave it to them. They literally did that. He gave them, he says, uh, everywhere, every place where you set your foot, as I promised most, I will give you. Wherever God leads you, he will direct your path. He will guide you into that. He will lead you, and he will give you victory. My, my daughter recently, so we were struggling on whether to put her in Challenge B for Classical Conversations. It's our homeschooling group. Um, it's a really, the, the kids that graduate from this, they're, they're doing papers, college papers at Brianna's age. And they start them young. They have to start doing outlines at Annabelle and Natalie's age. And so Challenge B is really tough. And they get all kinds of uh, different things and logic. I mean, I was looking at one of their books going, man, I'm going to be lost when I get in there with my kid. But it was like God was laying all this in her lap, but we didn't have the funds to pay for this class. So I've been worrying about it. And I've been, how many of us sometimes we, we don't, we pray and we don't realize it, but we're worrying and in some ways that's prayer. God, how's this going to work out, right? Yeah. I, am I the only one that does that? No. And then when God answers, I'm like, I never prayed about it. I did, but I didn't, right? Yeah. And so a couple days ago, actually it was yesterday, a friend of ours up in Washington State instant messaged me on Facebook. So I'm talking to him and he attends a friend of mine's church there, Rainier Assembly of God, and and I've been praying, how are we going to pay for this class? And he goes, I was, trying to get, I was trying to send you something on Cash App the other day. Do you have Cash App? I said, no, I've never even heard of it. So I'm looking it up, and I set it up. He sent us some money that covers almost the whole class. When he says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, it doesn't mean he's going to give you everything you want, but he will provide the means to help you get through that. He will provide the means to get you what you need to get done. That's just the way God works. One time, and I tell a lot of stories on purpose because it's true stories, and it helps build our faith. My old pastor, at, when I was at Owasso, at New Life Assembly, he, he would have me preach on Sunday nights once a month. And that one night I preached on Moses. I just kept getting Moses. I had a whole sermon already together. And he had me preach a Moses calling and somebody needs to hear this. So I preached on it. Didn't think nothing of it. Nobody responded at the end of the altar call. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I missed that one. There was a visiting pastor that had been driving by, wondering if God was calling him to be a counselor. And God said, I have a message for you. He came, he came into the service that night. He was sitting in the back. And after the service, he came up and gave me a big hug with tears in his eyes, saying, I need to hear this message tonight. God will direct and confirm your path for you. Yes, he, will. he will guide you. He will begin to confirm those things. 
and he will keep knocking on your heart's door till you fulfill him. And some of you are like, well, I've already retired. No, you're not. In God's eyes, you don't retire until you take your last breath. So God will use you wherever. I just was speaking to two people yesterday at Walmart about the Lord. I walked in there. I was there to go get some water and something else. I, oh, flea medicine for my dog. So I walk in, and I'm over by the shorts section, and I don't know why I stopped there. I have enough shorts. Some of them are getting torn, so, you know, it's all right, no big deal. But they were like for 3 bucks. But they are for, for a, I better not say what the waist size is. I might get in trouble. But anyways, so... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm sitting there, and there's a young man that's Hispanic, and he and he's Catholic, and I just he starts talking to me, and you got to look for those things. You got to see when God's opening up doors. So I begin to witness to him, you know, and he says he's Catholic, but so I start witnessing to him about the Lord and what it means to be saved and born again, and taking him through the scriptures of what Jesus said, and and finally I get I said the hardest thing for two for people to do when they. Uh, surrender their life to the Lord. Number one, admit that they've sinned. Number two, that they have to give up all their fun. And I said, all that stuff is not, I guess it's, it's not as fun as serving the Lord is what I tried to say to him. I'm trying to find my words right tonight. Anybody have one of those days? I've had one of those days. So I witnessed to him and he said, well, that's the second one. I, I'm having a hard time. I just don't want to give up the drinking and fun and partying. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. If you took took your last breath today, would you go to heaven or hell? And he goes, well, probably not heaven. And I said, well, then what are you waiting for? But he wasn't ready. So I have a card on the back of my business card. It has the ABCs of salvation on it. So I pulled it out and I gave it to him. I said, look, here's scripture. If you want to ask Jesus in your heart, here it is. So I go over to the, to the area where the flea area is to get the flea medicine. And there's another young lady and she's a manager there. And I, same thing. I, she, 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 a Catholic wanting to go back to church and I start witnessing to her. And same stuff. And I hand her a card. Listen, those are divine moments. God will lead you. Why am I share all those stories? Because God will lead you wherever you're at. God wants to use you to reach people. God wanted to use uh, uh, Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. Our job is to lead people into the promised land. Amen? So let's go on a little bit. Verse 6. He tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. Because you're, you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Now, the law that he's talking about there is the Old Testament covenant. Right? The law. Now, this may be a shock to a lot of you, but we're not under the law anymore. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean we, uh, it, it gives us the right to sin, Paul says. We uphold the law through our relationship with Jesus, right? God writes it on the tablet of our hearts and our minds. But let me tell you something. We're not under the law. Boy, see, it got really quiet in here. I looked at all the faces. They're like, what, Pastor? That's blasphemy. No, it's not. We're under grace. So now, because we're under grace, because of the raw law being written on our hearts and our minds, we're to uphold the law. There's a difference. We're not held by the law, right? right? Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But should we should be walking in that. Does that make sense? Did I lose anybody tonight on that one? Okay. So he's, he tells them to be strong and courageous. Why would he say that to Joshua? Well, because Moses was in charge. Now he's in charge. He probably needs a little bit of courage. He needs to be strong. I bet you he was a little terrified or God wouldn't have said that to him. 
When God asks us to do something new, it's a little scary. When we're comfortable and God says, I want you to do this, it can be a little scary. It's not always easy. But it's better to obey than not to obey. So he says this, look at this. He says, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Who is the law anyways? Who's the word? Jesus is. Go with me to hold your spot here. We're going to go to a familiar passage we've preached on on Sunday morning. Go with me to John 15 real quick. John 15. Look with me in verse 9. Look what he says. I, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my what? Commands or word. You will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I what? Command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. You know, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, right? right. Chapter 14, he talks about uh, uh, desiring greater gifts. But chapter 13, he says, the motive behind everything we do should be for what? Love. love. Because God is what? Love. So, so in a sense, when you're obeying Jesus and you're obeying his command, you're fulfilling the law. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as your what? Self. So when you love Jesus and you obey the Lord, you're fulfilling the law. Does that make sense tonight? Or am I getting too theological with y'all? All right, let's go back to Joshua. There's a reason. I've got a point. Whatever God wants to say to you tonight, there's a reason for it. Whoever this is for, I've learned that if it's just for one person, that's all that matters. All right, look at verse 8. I've talked about this on Sunday morning, but he says, do not let this book of the law depart your what? Your mouth. How are you and I saved? I'm, I'm going I'm to do an open question here. This is good. This is good, good uh, uh, Bible study material. How are, anybody, how are we saved? Alan? That's right. Did you hear that? You and I are saved by our belief in our heart, but also by our what? Confession. Everybody say confession. 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 Again, there is power in our words. Now, I'm not talking about the name and the claiming it. But there are power in our words. Yes. What do we say to other people? How do we talk to other people? God was dealing with me that tonight on one of my daughters. I get frustrated. I'm like, would you just do this? Would you just do that? Why aren't you doing it this way? And the Lord said, why don't you say something positive to him? <laughs> oh, okay, Lord. <laughs> you know? She came over to my house. I'm not going to lie. I've had a bad day. I've been irritable all day. She came over. Ron and Carol came over. And I like what she said. Don't stress about it. Anybody ever stress? I'm one of those people right now. My wife, 
listen, I love my wife. There's a lot of things she does, and you don't realize how much they do until you don't have them, and, they're in, and <laughs> she's pointing her out, amen. And then you're like stressed out, and you're going, oh, my goodness, I got three daughters I got to take care of. I got to try to teach them school. Got to get everything done, and then still go to work, right? So there's a lot to juggle. But there's something about the mouth. Again, God created everything by his speech. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's with your speech. There's something about the way we talk that's important. So he says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. There's something about your mouth. Now, it's interesting because they've done studies. Even when I was in the service in the Air Force, one of the things that when I took some classes, um, I don't know if they did this when you were in Curtis, but when I was in the service, we had to take, there was a few classes they talked about about speech. Um, about when you when you uh, study your material. This is when I was in tech school. Say it out loud. As you're studying, say what you're learning out loud and you will retain and remember more. There's just something about saying it out loud. And so he says, you want to be successful in this life? You want to be prosperous? Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Don't let Jesus depart from your mouth. He says, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Then he says this in verse 9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be terrified. Now the word terrified is literally, in the in original Hebrew means to knock your knees. Have you ever been scared that you almost wet your pants? I have as a kid. I'm sorry I bring that up, but I... I I got so scared one time. Mom and dad took me to this haunted house thing when I was, you know, I dressed up as Superman. Mom blew up little balloons for my muscles. You know, Christopher Reeve, he was my favorite. That was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid is Superman. He's still one of my favorite characters. But I remember going to this thing, and I almost wet my pants because I was so scared. That's what he's talking about. So scared that your knees are knocking. It almost puts you to a point where you're on your knees. And that's how Joshua felt. And sometimes when God leads us into new things, it's scary. Yeah. But he tells Joshua, have I not commanded you? What is 2 Timothy 1.7, anybody? What's 2 Timothy 1.7? For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and what? A sound mind. Isn't that a command from the Lord? Yeah. How about this one? Do not be anxious about anything. Anxious or anxiety is a form of fear. Matthew 6, do not worry. Another word for worry, I like the King James Version because it says, take no thought. A lot of the new translations say don't worry, but King James Version says take no thought. So the enemy attacks us with fear and worry. What's going to happen when I do this? How's everything going to work out? I like Joyce Myers in her book, uh, Battlefield of Mind. She, she calls it the what ifs. There's a chapter in there, if I, I recommend you reading it. It's called the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? You get, you get a fat cell on your body, right? Oh no, it's cancer. Right? You start worrying, well, oh man, if it's cancer, what happens if it spreads throughout my body? Or, and this happens and that happens and your brain starts going 100 miles out. You get to the doctor and he goes, oh, it's just a fat cell, lose some weight. But that's what our brains do. We always think of the worst things. And yet God is saying, don't do that. 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Now, why would Joshua be discouraged? I've often, often asked myself that question. Why would he be discouraged? Why would God tell him that? I, I, this is my thinking. God doesn't tell us what it is. But it, could it be that he's comparing himself to Joshua? God, how am I going to fulfill and do what Joshua did? I'm not, I'm not Joshua. I can't do all that he did. Praise the Lord. That's good. Because there's not another one of us. And we're not like the other person. We all do things differently, right? Even, even me coming in here as your new pastor, I do things a little differently than what you guys are used to. It's just because that's who I am. Be who God made you to be. Now, I don't know if that was his discouragement. We don't know. The Bible doesn't say, but he says, have I not commanded you? Don't be terrified. Don't be discouraged. And then he says this. The reason why we shouldn't be terrified, the reason why we shouldn't be discouraged is because he says this, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. What God's calling you to do or asking you to do, remember, you're not doing it alone. If God is calling you, he's equipping you. I've heard this said before. How many, how many of you guys have heard this saying? God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He's the one that equips. He equips us to do the, to the, do the works of the ministry. Whatever that may be. Hold your spot here. Go, let's go to Hebrews real quick. Hebrews chapter 13. We'll start in verse 5. You know, there's an exhortation in this last chapter. It, when they wrote the letters, there weren't chapters. We put the chapters and the verses in there to help us. But he says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? I read all that. Now, we, there's a lot of things that we can get out of this passage. Now, understand, again, in the book of Hebrews, they were under persecution, so that's why he added in, uh, what can man do to you, right? But I like the part before that. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The word forsake in the original Greek language means to abandon. Jesus, when he was on the cross, what did he say to the Father? My God, my God, why have thou what? Forsaken me. It's the only time in his life where he never sensed the Father's presence. I mean, could, could you imagine all have been, been in heaven? You're part of the Trinity. You separate yourself. You humble yourself. You come to earth uh, as a humble human being to die on the cross. And on the cross, the very thing that you need the most is your Father. And now you sense that separation. And that's because of us, right? Our sin. And so the word that he uses there is the same word here. And yet God says this to you and I, never will I leave you, never will I abandon you. That's a promise. No matter what you're going through tonight, no matter what your family's going through, whatever situation, God says he will never abandon you. And that's why he says in verse 6, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my what? My helper. I will not be afraid. 
when we're going through things, and I've been there, I've been afraid before, I, I, and it's hard to battle those fearful thoughts, those fearful, those feelings, uh, those emotions. And we have to remind ourselves that God is with us. Another passage of Scripture. I'm so glad the Lord drops this stuff in my mind. Go with me to uh, 1 Samuel 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel chapter 30 in your Bibles. We're going to start in verse 1. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They, were, they killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. Let me stop here. David and his men are off doing war, and at the same time, all their wives are in Ziklag. All their family is in Ziklag. And all of a sudden, the Amalekites come in, and they attack Ziklag and carry them off. So they're, 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 they're at war. They come home and boom. They've been raided and their family's taken from them. Now I want you to think for a minute. How would you feel if your sons or daughters were taken from you? Or your spouse? Somebody's in trouble, right? It's true. That, and that's how they felt. Now look at verse 3. When David and his men came to Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept out loud until they had no strength left to weep. They had come to a point where they felt like there's no hope. What do we do? What are we going to do? All of our family's been taken from us. That could cause discouragement. That could cause fear. What's going to happen to my wife? What's going to happen to my kids? What are they going to do to them? How are they going to treat them? I mean, think of all the what ifs, right? This has a lot to do with what we're saying tonight. I'll get to a point here. Look at verse 4. So David and his men wept until, uh, out loud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured. And I'm not going to try to say Those are some tough names. Ahanoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. His own men were so angry with him, they wanted to stone David. Have you ever been so discouraged, everybody against you? And you get discouraged and you feel beat up. Look at this. Then he says, each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. But David found strength in the Lord his God. There it is. He will never leave me nor forsake me. I will not be terrified. I will not be discouraged. Because my strength is found in who? The Lord. Everybody know Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter what you're facing. So David chose that moment to find strength in God. He began to seek the Lord. And if you look back at the Psalms, how did he do it? He prayed to the Lord. He sang songs to the Lord. He talked to the Lord. He went to the Lord in prayer. The basics. I've shared this before, but when I wrestled in high school, the guys that had all the smooth moves are the, usually the guys that got pinned. The guys that won 
would, get, would learn the basics and they'd get them down so good that nobody could beat them. The basics always won the match. The best wrestlers always knew the basics. So what's that have to say tonight? God says, do not be, do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. One more passage. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Look with me in verse 5. Actually, let's start from verse 1. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. He says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. David said, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not, what? Sin against you. For they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. There it is again. Do not let this book of the law depart from your, what? Mouth. How many of you guys have been going through difficult times and you begin to speak God's word? And remind you, how many, I'm not a... I'm going to be real careful. I'm not a big fan of Joel Osteen's. Okay, that's just me. But his mom, his mother had cancer. You know what she did? She, she had stage four cancer. She took sticky notes and wrote God's scripture all over in her house. And she would, scriptures about healing and God touching her. And she would say this. What do you think happened? She got healed. She got healed. Now, I'm not God. So some people that it works for and other people don't. But I believe that had a lot to do with her healing. Right? Going on, look at this, verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Remember, he's talking about wherever you go, I will lead you wherever you go. I will go with you wherever you go. Do not be discouraged. Do not be terrified. If God is leading you and directing you, he's going to go with you. And here's the wonderful, as you put your trust in him. Now, the word trust in that language, in the original Hebrew, one of the the definitions for trust there is lean on. So I want you to put in, you can even put this to the side. You can put lean in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Do you get that? It's kind of like leaning on your, have you ever leaned on somebody before? You have a friend you need to lean on. I love that song, Lean On Me. You know, yeah, we're all going to start singing it. <laughs> we all, but it's the truth. God is somebody that you can lean on. And that's what it means. It means to lean on or lean into or rely upon. Believe in. Believe in the Lord with all your heart. Lean or rely upon the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Right? And in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So what's all this? Let's tie this all back together. We had a prophetic word. God was already laying all those scriptures on my heart. I believe that was the Lord because those scriptures were on my heart before he spoke that tonight. 
What God is saying, and it may be just for one person tonight, but God is saying, if you will trust me, if you will put your trust in me and, and believe that I will never leave you nor forsake you, and you will continue to follow me and go in the direction I've called you to go, then you will be prosperous and successful. That doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles, but it does mean that God will lead and guide and make your path straight. So that brings you to the next thing. Are you willing to submit to God's leading? Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed here tonight. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to ask you to do any of those things. This is between you and the Father. If you want to come up and tell me later that that was God speaking to, to you, then that's fine. But if you're here tonight and you need to hear this message, right now, right where you're at, as it says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. Cast all your fears, all your doubts, all your struggles, and lay them at his feet. Give it to him now. You may have to pick it up and keep throwing it at his feet because sometimes we have a habit, we have a bad habit of picking things back up again. But give it to him now. Cast it at his feet. Surrender to him. Give it to him and follow his leading. Father, I thank you for everybody that's here tonight. And for those that couldn't make it, bless them, strengthen them, encourage them. I pray for every person here tonight, including myself. God, help us to walk and listen to your leading. Help us to follow you and go in the direction you want us to go, not the direction we want to. We thank you, Lord, that a righteous man's steps are ordered to the Lord that you are leading us and guiding us, and that, Father, we're following you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming tonight. We will look at Daniel next week, and uh, we're going to look at some more typology. And then in a few weeks, I don't know, I'm still praying about what God wants me to do on Wednesday nights. So God bless you. Yeah.